This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Okay, well, as you heard on your news there, Adam Olson, the Green Party MLA, just been appointed now as the interim leader of the party. Andrew Weaver, uh, the Green Party leader, stepping down next month. Adam Olson will step in as the interim leader pending the selection of a permanent leader of the party. Adam Olson joins me now. Hi, thanks for coming on. Hey, Mike. Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on your appointment as the interim leader here. What made you decide to uh, step forward to take this one? Because I know if you're interim leader, that means you can't run for the permanent leadership of the party, right? So what was your thought process here in this decision? That's true. Uh, well, you know, I've been uh, I've been an elected uh, member of the legislature now for the past uh, two and a half years, I guess, two and a half years now, and uh, enjoying my enjoying my role as an MLA. I am also uh, the father of two young children. I've got a twelve year old and a seven year old. And uh, as we were looking at uh, at you know what the role of the leader of the party is going to be going forward. Uh, I felt that it was, uh, you know, the time of my life, uh, the, the time in my kid's life and in, in uh, our little family's life that uh, didn't uh, suit to be expanding my role or expanding my responsibilities at this point. So uh, I'm happy to, uh, to fill in. It's a, it's a, the interim leader role is a role that I've, uh, I've played uh, before from uh, 2013 to 2015, and uh, it's one that I'm honoured to uh, have the opportunity as well and now. Okay, stepping in as the interim leader, what does that mean for your relationship with the the governing NDP? And what about the deal that you guys got, the confidence and supply agreement to keep mm. John Horgan in the premier's office and the NDP in power? Does that agreement continue under your interim leadership of the party? Well, I think what's important, Mike, is uh, that we're very clear on on how that agreement works. Uh, the agreement was signed between. Uh, all members of the BC NDP caucus individually and the three members of the BC Green caucus individually. So it was not an agreement that was signed uh, by, you know, the two leaders or the, you or the, it too. the leadership. Well, I signed it as well. And so right. my, my relationship with the BC NDP doesn't change. Uh, what changes is my role within the BC Green caucus. I step in as the, uh, as the interim leader. Uh, my my role changes uh, within uh, the, the respect to uh, with the BC Green Party Provincial Council and the membership and the the Green Party staff here in the uh, in the office, but the role uh, and the relationship uh, with the uh, confidence and supply agreement uh, does not change uh, going forward. Okay, you're stepping into some big shoes there with Andrew Weaver. I think it's going to go down as kind of an historic figure, really, for everything that he's achieved as as the leader of this party. Do you sort of see your leadership style or priorities being different from his? Well, I mean, certainly the role is a much different role as an interim leader. It's like I said, it's one that I've I've filled in the past. Uh, I certainly um, I'm under no illusions that I've not been elected to the leader by the membership of the party. And so from my perspective, I have a role to, to continue to facilitate uh, good governance in the legislature and make sure that we uh, focus on our priorities and make sure that we continue to build space. And, and I think the British Columbians have seen a good reason why we have uh, a BC Green Party in the legislature, the role that we've played over the past two and a half years. Uh, and it's also to um, make sure that uh, in the time when the party is, in this exciting time when the party is electing a new leader, that uh, I continue to provide uh, stable leadership, uh, both uh, internally and externally. 
Don't you think that this party at some point, Adam, has to step out from the shadow of this NDP government and this NDP premier? Because I think there's a danger that the Green Party starts to look like you guys are just kind of like a lapdog for the NDP. Doesn't a new leader have to step out and start differentiating yourselves in this party away from the New Democrats? Um, I think that I think that we have uh, done that to an extent. Uh, certainly, the uh, the a new leader when they come in uh, will have the opportunity uh, to provide uh, to to provide that uh, kind of tone and and that kind of vision. And uh, I expect that uh, you know as we build towards that day in June, um, you know that uh, that and through a leadership race that will become more defined. Uh, I think that uh, the BC Greens have done. Uh, a remarkable job, uh, if I may say so myself, I'm a part of this, uh, in creating a stable government for British Columbia. And certainly uh, the confidence and supply agreement is not a, a governing situation that uh, British Columbia has any experience with. Neither do the BC Greens nor the BC NDP. And we've made it work uh, pretty well by by focusing on our shared values. Uh, we have some very distinct differences. We We did not support, we voted 14 times against uh, the LNG expansion uh, in this province, uh, we have been uh, very, very uh, strong when it comes to uh, uh, forestry-related issues. And so th- there are definitely differences, differences of opinion but, between us and our partners, but we will. Uh, we also have a responsibility to ensure that there's a stable government in this province. Right. But, do you, but do you continue to prop up that stable government for the, in- the entire maximum length of this mandate? I mean, do you see this government going all the way to the fall of 2021, the next scheduled election? Or do you think the Green Party's got to kind of step out in its own at some point before that? Um, well, I think I think certainly, as as I've said right from the, the get-go, that it's our responsibility as elected, uh, when, when British Columbians go to the polls and elect members of the Legislative Assembly, it's our responsibility to make it work, not to make it break. Well, do you, do you and think... So, that- do you think there'll be an election in 2020? Uh, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not in the business of predicting elections. I'm in the business of governing in the province, and that's what I intend on doing. And I intend on meeting with the premier and letting him know that we will continue to be a productive partner, but we will also be uh, in our role as as uh, as an opposition party. We'll okay. also be working to hold government accountable. Okay, you're the interim leader. That means you can't run for the permanent leadership of the party. I think it's pretty obvious now your your colleague, Sonia, first to know the other Green Party MLA will run for the permanent leadership of the party. Would you support her? Uh, Well, my my role is not to get involved in a leadership race. Uh, I don't know that Sonia has made an announcement that she's going to run. That will be uh, up to her and the decisions that she makes. She hasn't made an an announcement, but I'll predict right now that she will run for it. Okay, well, that's your prediction. I would just suggest that my role is to uh, to facilitate a process that's fair and open, one that's yeah. inclusive, one that British Columbians can get excited about, and to and to continue to. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Adam, do you think that yeah. uh, here's another I'll make another prediction for you. I say Yanina sure. Campbell, who is uh, the deputy leader of the party and she's a former New Westminster School trustee. I, I know I, you mean I, well, yeah. I, I'm sure you do. I suggest to you she will run for the, the party leadership as well. Do you think okay. this party do you think this party needs to branch out and select a new leader from outside of the environmental activism movement? outside of the southern Vancouver Island, greater Victoria area, and maybe go with someone like Yanina Campbell from the, from the mainland who's got a more sort of diverse background? Well, what I would suggest to you is that the BC Greens have a lot of work to do to build 
relationships across the province. I'm not going to uh, predetermine what the outcome of the leadership race is going to be. I'll just say I, my, my hope is that we have an exciting race with a, multiple candidates from across the province representing not just Vancouver Island or the lower mainland or rural British Columbia, but that has a broad and diverse representation of all of the the okay. uh, different communities in our province. We've, we've got a very diverse province that, that cannot be broken down into the binaries, this or that. We, we have to be able to develop leadership that respects okay. and understands that there's this diversity in the province. Congratulations on your appointment, and thanks for coming on. Thank you, Mr. Smith. I look forward to seeing you in the new year. Okay, Mr. Olson. Thank you. Take That's care. All Adam. the best to you. Thank you. Same to you. That's Adam Olson. He is the newly appointed interim leader of the BC Green Party. Let's get instantaneous reaction and analysis now from Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief Global News. Hey, Keith. Hey, Smitty. So I know you're listening to that interview yeah. there. What do you think about his take on it here? Well, no surprise, obviously. He's going to... I think most of us figured it was going to be Adam Olson or Sonia Furstenau, one of the sitting uh, uh, MLAs now that Weaver's stepping down. So I talked to Adam about a month ago. I know he was mulling it over. He did mention his young family. I think that was a decisive factor here, why he's not uh, seeking the permanent. Uh, right, because if you're leadership. the interim, you can't yeah. run for the permanent. Yeah, Adam's pretty uh, ca- capable. I think he's carved out a, a good yeah. niche in the House, so I think yeah. he's, a, he's a good choice. Uh, but interesting, some of the questions he asked him, though, were sort of very pointed ones, ones the, the Greens have to ask themselves is, uh, right now, they're sort of typecast as the South Vancouver, uh, you know, environmental Vancouver activist Island. party, and they uh, do they want to expand that. You mentioned Yanina Campbell, the yeah. former trustee in New Westminster, uh, who re- appears regularly on Global. Actually, we use her as a panelist uh, yeah. representing the Green Party. She's quite capable as well. Uh, will she run? And and that would be a different uh, leader uh, for the Greens than just the what's been so far South Vancouver Island, both ne- federally and and uh, for years with Elizabeth May, and now you've got you know South Vancouver Island Paul Manley. He's an M- MP in, from Nanaimo. I mean, it's very mm. much uh, a Vancouver Island party, a South right. Vancouver Island party. And I think the challenge for the Greens is to get beyond that. And that may play out in the leadership race. Right. So if you have Sonia first to now run for the leadership of the party, which I believe she will. And she's uh, good, too. She's, uh, certainly she's good. Yeah. But, you know, people could look at, you know, some people might look at her and say, wait a sec, if we want to expand the appeal of this party, do we really want to get, like you said, another person from the greater Vic- Victoria area who has an, a background as an environmental mm-hmm. activist? I mean, that's her background before she got into politics. You know, if you put someone like that in, are you sort of pigeonholing yourself as a narrow well, appeal party? I think that's one of the risks the Greens run. Uh, their identity, I think, right now is very limited and very sort of shackled by, by one or two issues. And I think the Greens have to be a little worried about, uh, and I thought you asked a great question when you asked Adam Olson, at some point, do you have to step out and differentiate yourself from the NDP? That's because, a point you've been making frequently. Yeah, it, it, there's many examples in history where the junior partner in either a coalition or propping up a minority uh, government gets buried in the next election because right. the electorate sees no difference between the two parties. Certainly the Nanaimo by-election, uh, which saw Sheila Malcolmson uh, win, uh, you saw the, the green vote there collapse. It just didn't turn out. Yeah. And the liberal vote went up, which suggests at the very least some green voters from 2017 appear to have voted for the B.C. Liberals. And the Greens have to be worried about that. That that's it was How much of that vote in 2017, 17% of the electorate voted green, was that all like a raw-raw green vote or was a chunk of it, and I've always thought this from day one, was a chunk of it an anti-Christy Clark protest vote. They didn't want yeah. to necessarily vote NDP. They didn't want to vote for Christy Clark, right. so they parked their vote with the Greens. And the Greens, the challenge for the Greens is to broaden their appeal, expand their voter universe, and uh, I think the leadership uh, race provides an opportunity to do that, but also an opportunity to fail. Yeah, and it's also why I think it 
it raises the possibility of an election, I think, in, mm-hmm. in 2020, because I think you're right. I think this party at some point has got to sort of branch out because right now, if they're just seen as just the party that keeps the NDP in power, kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. John Horgan's lapdog or his poodle or something, <laughs> then that's a recipe for disaster in the next election. And that's why I think at some point, uh, this governing agreement, this confidence and supply agreement, maybe unravels as the party, as the Green Party realizes, if we don't, if we prop these guys up forever, all the way into the fall of 2021, what what does that say to the voters of this province well, in the next election? I think they got to, at some point, stand up on their own two feet and say, you know, we're not with the NDP anymore here. And they've got limited opportunities to do that because they can only do that on confidence votes. And there's really only one, maybe two confidence votes a year. There's a vote on the budget. Yeah. I don't see them taking on the NDP this spring with the spring's budget. I don't okay. think uh, Adam's going to do that. Well, he said himself, you know, I'm looking at ways yeah. to continue to support Horgan. But we get to the spring of 2021. The vote on paper is, you know, six months away. Is that the win? the Greens used perhaps uh, send a signal that they want to do something different. Uh, I don't think Adam's going to be talking about that in any great detail, but I think that may be a more likely window for the Greens to take some sort of action. But as it stands right now, I think the Greens are very comfortable with the situation. They're supporting the NDP. The NDP is very comfortable with what the Greens do around the legislature. They haven't stopped the NDP from some big uh, ticket decisions, building the Site C Dam, allowing the LNG development to go through, a number of other issues. Although he made the point when I said to him, you know, know, when are you guys going to stop propping this party up? And he goes, oh, well, we voted against them a whole bunch yeah. of times, including on LNG. But that big LNG project still going forward. Well, and the liberals support that. So oh, yeah. you know, the Greens are off by themselves. One right. of the interesting things I, I realized at the end of the last legislative session in the fall, Adam Olson became a little more critical of the NDP in question period than his colleagues had been up until now, particularly on the issue of the BC Teachers Federation contract talks. That's still an outstanding issue. We don't know where that's going to go. And is that the issue, perhaps? that Adam Olson and the Greens suddenly carve out for themselves and say, we're not backing you on the teacher talks. It's not a confidence vote. If they side with the teachers' if union. They, if they And they were seem to be doing that in question period. Yeah. Uh, is that become sort of a, an issue that splits the two? Again, it's not a confidence vote necessarily, but it might be one of those issues that the Greens can have some fun with. Right, because right now this government's holding a very hard line yeah. against the teachers. The te- this is a teachers' union that's... Probably the most, one of the most militant unions in the province. They always seem to be going on strike at some point or another. And maybe we'll see a teacher strike in the new year. Is, is that the potential schism here? between the NDP and the Greens over well, that. You know, I think it's a possibility. I mean, yeah. certainly Adam Olson went in his questions was pretty pretty pointed in his criticism of Education Minister Rob Fleming, who looked none too happy taking those questions in question period. It was basically questions the Liberals will never throw at the NDP because they're no friends of the BCTF either. Real quickly, and just in 30 seconds, the legacy of Andrew Weaver here is he's going to be stepping down next month. I mean, this guy's kind of an historical figure. He's a historical figure. I think history will remember him very kindly. He's an interesting guy. I quite like covering him. He's yeah. very unpredictable. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with Andrew sometimes, but uh, he's brought some life uh, and a breath of fresh air to the legislature that was sorely lacking until he got involved. Thanks for coming in. All right, anytime. That's Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News, and his take on Adam Olson, just named as the interim leader of the BC Green Party. Let's